The Dragon Rewrite is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillos love ice cream, but it gives them the toots? But they kind of love that, too. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that. For more armadillo facts, to find out how you can access episodes a day early, and to check out our other content, and to check out our sweet merch, visit us at armadillo.club. Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to the Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I'm Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 38 through 45 of A Memory of Light, book 14 of the Wheel of Time. Hey, we finally finished with the, ch- the last battle chapter. Yeah, for the first time, and it seems like forever. We're it's not been a chapter. month. We literally talked about the last battle for a month. <laughs> uh, it's not even over. These, no, it's, it's still not. going in these chapters. I, I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the last battle should I guess I guess isn't all isn't wrapped up in the it's last still, battle. It's still lasting. Yeah. <laughs> Previously, in the stunning conclusion to chapter thirty-seven, Fayil's crew is betrayed, leaving it up to Ulver to deliver the Horn of Valir to Matt. But the price is terrible, as Bella, the most amazing and miraculous horse ever to live, sacrifices herself to help him escape. Only time will tell if the cost was worth it. But given that Ulver went directly into a hole in the ground, maybe we could have sacrificed him instead. Just saying. Oh, that then Bella would have blown the horn. Yeah, I know. Horse. She would have been the horn blower. Yeah, horn blower Bella, the horse of legend. Would, would, would the hundred heroes of legend, would they have been horse heroes then? Uh, it, it, would have been, it would have been the most awesome horses for all the time, the heroes of the horse. Yeah. Uh, you know, they haven't, they haven't said oh, if Bella's riding horn. with the heroes of legend, right? Right, yeah, right. There's like a little, a little like kind of stumpy horse that was like a golden horse. It could have been. Some of the heroes are are riding a horse, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, must be Bella. At least one of them. I think. Okay, one of them they describe as as this person was riding the most amazing horse the person had ever seen. That's got to be Bella. That's got to be Bella. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. That makes me feel better. I feel better now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Although it would have been cool if she had blown the horn. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But horse, wait. Okay, never mind. We're not going to go into the dynamics of whether they're horses blow horns. Horses have lips. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They might have difficulty forming the embouchure, but let's be honest, Ulver probably didn't do a great job doing it either. So, you know. yeah, it's a really user-friendly horn. Yeah. I think Bella probably could have blown the horn, but she like she's too cool for that. She's like, nah, kid, you blow it. <laughs> right? She's, she's so she's super chill, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, this is you know, I've. I've had a lot of a lot of good times. This is probably the best this kid's ever going to get, right? Yeah. I bet she knew she was sacrificing herself for Ulver. I bet if we read the horse version of this, there would be like a really badass scene where she like throws herself in front of the tr- the Trollocs to save him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And throws him into the hole. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I hope someday we get to read the horse version of this. Uh, Brandon Sanderson, if you're listening, seems <laughs> right up your alley. Anyway. Uh, Rand is losing steam in his battle with the Dark One as the weight of all of the losses this chapter wears him down. He's barely hanging on there. Uh, Egwene takes on Tame, but when he pulls out his own evil Sa'angriol, Egwene is forced to sacrifice herself, but she wipes out Tame and all of the Sharon Chandlers, repairs a bunch of damage to the fabric of reality, and adds a really nice conversation piece to the landscape. <laughs> Probably worth it. Oh, also, Loghain becomes the third dude to throw himself at Demandred and gets his butthole punched in. <laughs> but after that, Lan is like, stand aside, children. This is how you punch a butthole. And ends the chapter with an epic charge, a killer sword fight, and most importantly, a dead forsaken. Beautiful. Yeah. Lan gets the job done. That's right. 
I'm sorry, punch a butthole? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, Is that a thing? Punch one in the butthole. Let's see. <laughs> you, never, you never heard that expression? No, I've never heard that expression. <laughs> Listeners, Mike is making a punching a butthole gesture. <laughs> Very evocative. I can't really describe it. <laughs> you think of it sort of like an uppercut, you know? <laughs> Chapter 38. The place that was not. Icon of the Ravens. Rand is guilt-struck by all the deaths going on, especially the latest deaths of Egwene and Lan. He's also arguing with voices in his head, which is, you know, classic, kind of classic Rand, right? Yeah, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't even stop to wonder about this because, you know... It's his thing. Yeah. But this time it's friends and family, not ancient murder wizards. Which is nice. Yeah, Actually, it's a step it's in the right great. direction, right? The voice of the Tam and Egwene telling him to, like, let go. You know, it's, Egwene is like, did you see my death? It was super sick. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you do not have to feel bad about me. Yeah, they're cheering him on, you know? Uh, and so Rand shakes off all of the thousands of deaths that he's personally responsible for and yeah, stands up to fight. Yeah, one at a time. He goes down the list backwards and, and deletes everybody off it. Yeah, he's like, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, so he's, yeah, he's just uh, he's accepting that other people can sacrifice too, and that it's not all of his his burden. Yeah. We are reborn, Rand thought, so we can do better the next time. So do better. Is yeah. What so do better. Him. Yeah. That's really good. nice. It's a huge relief to him. He returns to the Dark One fight renewed. Then uh, Shindla wails that Demandred is dead, and the Sharns are all demoralized because they all hear it. Yeah. Bow the Wild is dead. Yeah. Now that Rand has shaken off his guilt, uh, he sees the struggle very differently. Yeah. The Dark One is all darkness and negativity everywhere. Uh, but Rand now knows that humanity will never give up. And, they, and neither will Rand, because he's calm uh, now. So I don't understand what's going on here, I'll be honest. Yeah, I, I, I think... I think... You, could, you could argue that, that the world has built up the Dark One to be this, like... Omnip- omnipotent, like ever-present, like evil force. But now that Rand is in the up in the Dark One's face, it's like actually you're kind of just like this. You're like a whispering, like insidious kind of thing. But you don't you don't actually have that that much. You're not that powerful. You know, you don't have that strength. Maybe there wasn't actually a Dark One. He just did defeat the darkness in himself. The Dark One was I the friends we made along the way. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> the true Dark One was the friends we made along the way. Right. Uh, I, I, it seems like he's saying the Dark One is just the absence of goodness and that and that humanity is goodness and so it's the absence of humanity and so it doesn't make sense like humanity can never possibly give up because to give up would be to stop being human or something like that but I, that doesn't make any sense to me because the dark one literally like kills people with magic powers <laughs> i mean right like it's a literal it's a, a literal conscious entity that has conversations and 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 gives people access to the true power but he does a lot less, like, like, arguably the Dark One does a lot less actual work, right? Like, sure, there's the bubbles of evil, but most of the stuff has been, like, like the, most of the worst stuff has been uh, Ishmael, right? Like, Yeah, I, I guess Rand is saying, like, you'll never ever win because humans will never ever give up. But the Dark One is kind of saying, well, what if I send a million billion Trollocs and they kill all the humans everywhere? How about that? <laughs> and I think he's got a good point. I, well, I mean, he's, he tried that, right? Yeah, I guess he tried that. I just, I this doesn't add up to me. I don't. Does it make sense to you guys? No, it, it's it. Well, I think it's it's a it's a kind of a typical trope where like evil will always lose because good has no teamwork, love, right. friendship. Yeah. yeah, he says like the dark one. You can't inspire people to fight for him. You can because he has no nobility. Nobility is a, a human trait or a yeah. trait of goodness. Mm-hmm. Then back to Matt. The news of Demandred's death. Sorry, Bow the Wild's death. 
Actually, Bell the Wild is a cooler name than Demandred. Yeah. It is. Bell the Wild, yeah. yeah. I, I, I would, you know, I wouldn't want to be called Demandred. I think that's kind of a dumb name. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't mind being called Bell the Wild. Yeah, yeah, or just the Wild for short. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all right. You can just call me the Wild. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> and the news also of Land's sacrifice inspire Matt's army and stun the Sharans. And Matt says, it's time to attack again. Taishar Malkier. Yeah, he never lets a good sacrifice go to waste. That's right. Chapter 39, Those Who Fight, Icon of the Horn. Uh, Rand explains to the Dark One (laughs) that those who fight have nobility, and they fight for what's right, and that Rand himself doesn't matter, that that destroying Rand won't do anything. And the Dark One says, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I don't know, I mean, like, Rand's doing some shit-talking of his own after all this, like, Dark One shit-talking, right? It's true, and I, I imagine if I'm the Dark One and I'm getting, like... Beaten and trash talked by this moron, <laughs> it would be like much worse. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, moron is a little strong. I just don't buy it. Yeah, a little too cynical, I guess. But uh, but I, I, there's kind of a fun thing as he lists all these people. Yeah. And, and he's like, I guess these are all various you know characters you could you could identify, right? Yeah, yeah. He's talking about how yeah he describes them just by who they by, by what they are. It doesn't say their names, right? He describes Nynaeve and he describes Tam mm-hmm. and uh, and all these people that we know. It's really great. Yeah. What what is what is Maureen's secret hope for the future? I think that her secret hope for the future was the because she was keeping the dragon stuff secret. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because she was looking for Rand and that was her secret mission that nobody knew what she was doing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I knew it was Maureen because it talked about how she died and came back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And who was the woman who would not bend her back while she was beaten, who's shown with the light for all who watched, including Rand? Is that supposed to be Elaine, you think? It's Egwene. I, I think it's Egwene, yeah. Oh, okay. Because remember, she got beaten a lot. Okay. <laughs> that was like one of her main character arcs was getting her ass kicked over yeah. and over. <laughs> yes. Fair enough. Yeah. And it's all, like, the, the, all the battle stuff is all blending together. We go back to Matt, and Matt is fighting, but they can all hear Rand's debate with the Dark One. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're all inspired by what's going on. And Lan is alive! Yes, he is. Yeah, awesome. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah. He, he took the sword, but he's still li- alive enough to cut Demander's head off and show it off to everybody. Yo. Hell yeah, yeah. he is, Lan. And Ulver blows the horn. They hear the horn. I did more like saying stuff out loud in exclamations when I was reading these chapters than I've ever done. I was just like, what? No way. <laughs> yeah, it was sweet. We cut immediately to Elaine, who's about to get uh, C-sectioned. Yeah. Uh, when Birgitta rides to the rescue. Yes. Uh, who massacres Melar and his goons. As she stands above her headless corpse. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's metal as fuck. That's fucking sweet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Birgitta's the best. Yeah. I'm glad she's like back in style. And she's happy because she's gotten her memories back. Yeah, she's back. Yeah, she w- she wasn't torn out of the pattern forever like she was worried. Yeah. I do think it's funny. We actually talked about this like, <laughs> did did Matt's death count <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. like before? And it's like, yeah, I guess I guess one of those deaths must have uh, yeah must have done counted. the job. Yeah. Matt charges the the Sharan army, and they cut through the lines and carve a path to land and get him to healing. So he made it. Yes. yes. And then they're coming at the Trollocs from behind. You know, yeah, armies yes. hate it when you do that. They do not like that. Uh, the heroes of the Horn show up. Yeah. Uh, Matt briefly worries that they might be on the shadow side because he doesn't know who blew the horn, but... Uh, yeah, that leads me down a whole line of questioning. Like, how does this work? Is it just light and shadow? Ulver 
hates Aiel. Do all the heroes of the horn hate Aiel because Oliver blew the horn? Oh, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. That's like, a good how question. does this work? It was a little lame. Hawkwing yeah, was like, of course we fight for the light. We would never fight for the shadows. Like, we went through books where we were worried about yeah, that. Come on, guys. Thing, yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, right? They, they explain the rules. Um, what if a neutral person blows it? Uh, they, like, in this case, it's like a special case where... They, since this is the last battle, they have to fight for Rand. Uh-huh. And Rand, and even though Rand's not leading them, Rand's technically leading them. Yeah. So uh, they're fighting for Matt. They, they, the bottom line is they're fighting for Matt here. Right. Uh, uh, but they, but it turns out it wasn't him dying at Rudian that led to him no longer being the hornblower. Yes, it was a different time when Rand saved his life. Another was, moment, one Rondheim. you cannot remember. That was the, Luce Theron saved your life both times. That was the Balefire death, where okay. the Balefire undid the his one death. he didn't That's remember. Okay, thinking. yeah, yeah. But that one didn't happen because Balefire rewound time. Well, let's uh, let's not thread too hard. <laughs> That's a good the, point. Horn, it, the Horn it, of Valera binding doesn't count Balefire. The, the Horn of Valera remembers. <laughs> yeah. The Horn of Valera remembers. Uh, yeah, this is a, uh, and then uh, Noel. Who's a hero of the horn? Oh my god! Rescues Ulver from the Trollocs. Oh, because Ulver lost everybody, but some, but one person came back for him. He rescues Ulver from the Trollocs and from his abandonment issues. (laughs) (laughs) So Noel's one of the heroes of the horn. He is. Was he before? He's Jane Farstrider. Right. Was that one of the heroes of the horn? Uh, Jane Farstrider. Well, it's hard to say, right? Because we live in an in an age where. The heroes of legend are you now legends, but they lived at one. You know, it's like maybe. Yeah. And is Gaidal Kane there? Because if he's not, he's over. Yes, yes right. Where's Gaidal Kane? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Well, so there is. They, they, there's like a throwaway line that one of the heroes rides off away from the others really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I think that might you be. You think Gaidal that's Kane Gaidal Kane? Oh, I thought that was up. Noel. Oh, maybe. He's going to go save. Oh, uh, yeah. save Oliver. Oh, maybe that's what it was. But uh, but I thought this little bit. I mean, I try to stay as positive as possible about these books, you know, Mm. because that's what people like to hear. But it's time to take us to the negative zone. I thought this bit where Arthur Hawking was explaining the rules of the Horn of Valyr is probably the worst thing that I've read in all of these books. (laughs) It pissed me off so much. Because it's just like very, like, fourth wall breaking, kind of like, these are are the rules. It it was very Brandon Sanderson, too. Like, this this is exactly what I don't like about Brandon Sanderson's writing. We're like, here's all the rules, and and, and I'm going to put them all in a rule book that you can read, and you you can program this into your program, and it all makes perfect sense. Except it's all kind of arbitrary because it has to fit the facts of the the adventure so far. Yeah. And it's not, you died, but it's not because that one time you died, because this other time you died. It probably didn't matter, right? Like it yeah, didn't. it doesn't matter. Yeah. And what I think these books are great at most of the time is this sort of mythic tone where these are heroes, you know, larger than life. Yeah. And you don't want to know the rules. In fact, like it, it requires you to sort of engage with the text and fill in the blanks yourself, and it's fun to think about. And these, this passage leaves you nothing to think about. You know exactly what happened. It's, it's very pedestrian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a... Yeah, I, 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 could see, I could see that. And, and while I don't think it uh, bothered me quite as much, I did, I did roll my eyes a little bit when they got to the point where, like, these are the rules of the Heroes of the Horn. It, you know, we, we can be killed, but we won't die. We go back to the thing, and we can heal and then come back. But also, if they incapacitate us, we may be yeah. immortal without... You know, yeah, we they, can, they can tie us up, and then we can't do anything. Yeah, it's like, nobody, nobody cares. Nobody yeah. cares. Um, but, uh, so, the, like, this is a, the, like, kind of a fun thing. Uh, Hen the Striker, who I don't think we've heard of before, um, <laughs> who carries a hammer and a spike, I was like, huh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was thinking, I was wondering Paul Bunyan, right? I thought, I thought John Henry. 
Oh, John Henry, that's what I meant. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, John. Oh, okay. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, someone who carries a hammer and a spike is uh, probably a serial killer, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good person. To look. So, th- is there going to be a, a section here where, where John Henry is riding through the Trollocs, like pounding spikes into their head? I, I mean, probably. Yeah. Clang. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm into that. <laughs> uh, Arthur Hawkwing also gives Matt some shit for waiting so long to summon them. I think that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> was that wasn't Matt's fault. It was Fayul's fault. Really? Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah, really. Chapter 40. Wolf Brother. Icon of the Aiel. Elaine and Brigitte regroup and ride to rally the troops. God, n- not even dying lets Brigitte off the hook. Can you imagine? <laughs> you, have, you have Brigitte's job, right? And then you finally die. And you're yeah. like... Someone else's problem now. And then some kid is like, little nope, you know, and blows the damn horn of Valir, and you're right back at it, you know? And she's like, immediately with Elaine again, and Elaine's like, time to dive in, whee! (laughs) (laughs) Well, Elaine was like, maybe I should bond you again, but it's like, no, no, no. It would work. (laughs) Yeah, oh, I don't think that would work, yeah. Sure wouldn't. No, sorry, don't have time. (laughs) There's a cliff for you to fall off. What Elaine does is pick up a sword, charge on her horse to the battle lines, Think about how she doesn't know how to use the sword and then attack a Trolloc with it and Brigitte has to save her. There's a point where it's like the Trolloc was confused because <laughs> it was like, what, are you, what is even happening here? This, this pregnant woman rides up and is like flailing a sword at my head <laughs> in the most ineffectual way possible. The, tro- the Trolloc is temporarily stunned but like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. And Elaine also thinks about how, like, she's realized that the prophecy about her babies won't keep her safe. And she still does this. She know. still tries to kill a troll. Yeah, the first thing that Elaine does is is right back in, you know, <laughs> yellow Elaine or whatever, you know. I kind of admire it. I mean, like, luckily Melar was there. Otherwise, she would have been probably ahead of Lan in line to one-on-one demand. Right? <laughs> That's true, right? That's true. She's like, you took my two brothers. Now I come for you. With her sword, right? She's like, yeah. she's like, I will duel you. She's like, she's like, do you even know how to use that? I do not. Yeah, she's like, how hard can it be, really? Yeah. I'm a queen. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Avienda, back at Thakandar, is still in the drastic fighting. And this is like a chaos ridden hellhole. Yeah, at this point she's actually traveling solo because everyone else is basically fighting off the end of the world over by the cave. Right, yeah, and it's all it's all a mess. Nobody knows what's going on. It's, and and like the weather is all chaotic because they're having weather fights. The lightnings are sometimes shooting her guys, sometimes shooting the bad guys. And then we get gar- goddamn dark hounds. Yeah. Yeah, she finds Elias who's running with the wolves right. to go inter inter uh intercept an army of dark hounds the wild hunt the ultimate dark hounds that you can't even shoot mm-hmm. yeah they ask Avian for help but uh, she gets distracted yeah she sees Hesalam out there and she sends up the signal for Katswain and Amis and attacks because that's the job she's not doing particularly well uh, on yeah. her own but... yeah Kats- Hesalam sees the signal and attacks her and, and almost gets her but Katswain and Amis show up just in the nick of time yeah then uh, Elaine, yeah, we get to the part where she rallies her troop by suiciding into suicidally attacking the Trollocs. Yeah, this is uh, again the most Elaine move ever. Yeah, she <laughs> picks up a sword she stole <laughs> and starts swinging at a Trolloc. Yeah. So yeah, nope. And then Matt takes stock of the battle uh, with Demandra dead. They've got a shot, right? He's just like that was his plan: keep losing until something like lucky happens. Yeah, and here he is. It happens. Yeah, he's still outnumbered. Uh, but then the Shanshan attack. 
Finally. His girlfriend shows up. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> and uh, also the dragons are there too, uh, thundering, and it is on. Now yeah. the tide is turning in favor of the light. We get a quick check-in with Jur Grady. Who uh, Matt sent to Horror Town with no warning. Nope. Oh, I know. He's like, he's like angry because he's like, I can't believe Matt just sent this 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 group of villagers to go fight that. And yeah, sure, they did better than I would have expected, but there were children in there, right? <laughs> they all yeah. died. And then he opens a portal. Yeah, like as he was told to do, and all those same women and children and, and townsfolk come charging through in a blind rage and attack that guy. <laughs> so he okay. A few questions. Uh-huh. First question: Everybody who died in Hinderstep is is wakes up there, right? Yes. yes. So does that mean that all the people they did manage to kill are now part of Hinderstep? Well, they I think they have to. Do they have to be killed by the Hinderstep people, or do they have to die they in Hinderstep? Yeah. Oh, okay, so because they they he, they didn't like bring the village there. Open. Did, where did they fight? Did they fight in Hinderstep, or did they have the no, Hinderstep they, people? they opened the gateway, and then all the people ran out zombie-like. Yeah. Because they're like, ah, get them! And, and attacked the bad guys. Okay. Because they're in a blind rage. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how they made them do that, but they did it. Okay. Uh, but I think there's also a bunch of red arms. It wasn't that clear to me. Yeah, he said there were like a hundred uh, band of the red hand. So are they just dead, though, or did they come back? I think they came back, too. So did they go to Hinderstep and die, or... I don't know. Yeah, maybe did did he? I was trying to remember. Did he leave some people there when last they went? Did no, I thought he there? got them all out. Okay. Definitely not a hundred of them. But so it, know, either yeah. way, that he's using the infinite zombie town. Yeah. To to swarm the guys at the dam with a, a, a rage horde. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Jure Grady has no idea what's going on. Matt, you could have told him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I understand it dramatic. Would, you know, wouldn't have been that big a deal just to give him a little heads little, up. Yeah, just a little information. There. Yeah. And then, and then, and then that gives Grady the cover to, to destroy the dam. Mm-hmm. Um, chapter forty-one: A smile. Icon of the four snaken. Andral and Pavara want to protect the dragons, but Loghain appears and orders them to find Demandria's scepter. He's got to get that scepter, and they're like, "Why?" And he's like, "So that I can become powerful and make everybody fear me." Like, oh. Seriously? All right. Yeah. Gotcha. We don't have this time the, for this. This is the last battle, man. You yeah. Know, yeah. You know, the time and place, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is. I mean, this is definitely over the line into evil territory. Right? I, would, I would argue. Yeah, pursuit of power over pursuit of saving the world. You know. Mm-hmm. But uh, Andrew, of course, uses uh, an order loophole to keep them in the fight. <laughs> yeah, creatively interprets the orders. Right. Uh, but he, yeah, he does what he wants to do anyway. He was probably just going to do that, right? He's oh. Andral, right? He didn't oh, care yeah. that much about following orders. Oh, yeah. Then Mogedian yeah. reminds us that wow. she's still alive. Yeah, yeah, she's still around. And she disguises herself as Demandred. She also lets us know that it was her in Fortuana's court. Yeah. Uh, causing crazy shit to happen. Yeah. That makes sense. That's good. Yeah. Good it know. seems good like to... her style. Yeah, absolutely. Tied that loose end off. She got a power upgrade. Now she has access to the, the true power. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Because the Dark One is running out of options. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she's she... like, he is rewarding me. No, he's just running out of forsaken. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. You're, she, he's got down the list. Everybody up above the list has been crossed off, I think. Yeah. And she starts giving orders to Shara and start managing the battles when... A sudden dragon attack. A gateway opens, and the dragons from the cave blast the crap out of her. Yeah, presumably that's the end of Mogadian. Yes, I think that she's probably uh, in pieces. Yes. Fragged. But she does issue some orders before she uh, is exploded. Yeah, just enough. Which is sending Trollocs after a bunch of refugees. Right. Yeah. 
And uh, so that's what Tom Menace is doing. They're making gateways, appearing all over, and, and doing cannon volleys. I, I was wondering about this, but yeah, they, they, they like shoot, they create a portal to vent out the exhaust or whatever. And that's then good they, thinking. Yeah. 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 I was probably, glad. I was... passed out once before they realized <laughs> I was very worried about them in that cave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me too. I was like, they're never leaving this cave. Yeah, no way. I, I think that wax in their ears, that's not going to do it, friends. Yeah, You're like, not going to hear anything explosions else. Explosions in a cave? Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. In I fact, mean, they're... I, I might be concerned about some like internal damage too, you know? Probably. Yeah. Actually, yeah. There's maybe shock waves. You yeah. Know? I think there's a reason they don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, but Talmanes loves this. He's like grinning, and they're like, that's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Talmanes. Chapter 42, Impossibilities, Icon of the Lace of Ages. Avienda is in the battle at Thakandar. There is chaos everywhere. The land is coming apart. There's like floating islands and stuff. Yeah, Grendel's another balefire junkie poking holes in the fabric of reality. And, like, shit is getting weird, right? Like, there's mm -hmm. floating rocks and stone is turning to liquid and there's, like, a creepy mist. Mm -hmm. uh -oh. I was like, that sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. Gravity's not holding very well. But also there's, like, cool plants. There's greenery. Yeah. And, yeah. and the clouds above, evil dark clouds and good white clouds have formed the Aes Sedai symbol, mm -hmm. which is sweet. Under this sign That's shall he sweet. conquer. There's lightning bolts falling and they keep freezing into columns of glass. I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really neat. Yeah. So the Aes Sedai symbol, that's kind of cheesy, right? That's like very like Batman flying his bat wing in front of the moon and making the bat symbol. That's prophecy, man. But also I wonder if like time is a wheel, right? So maybe people remember that this that the, the clouds made this shape in the sky above the battle and they remember all through all the ages that that's the sign of the dragon. Oh, yeah. And so maybe that's where the, the sign came that's, from yeah, in the first place. Yeah, where it came from originally. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe. And then, let's see. Uh, Amos and Avienda try and do a dual attack on Grendel, right? While she's yeah. busy with Katsween and, and Olivia. That's right. And they're all fighting her and... Uh, She's about to go in and, and join the fight, but then uh, Ruark tries to gank her and fries him. It's very, yeah. very sad. Yeah, Amis is going to be upset about that. Yeah. That's, that's uh, going to be a whole conversation. Later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ruark deserved better. Poor guy. Mm hmm. It's true. Uh, but I mean, yes, this is. She's right. This, this is not what he would prefer for himself. Like, no. He would, he would rather have a hole burned in his chest than be serving the dark. Oh, yeah, for sure. Then we get Mishrael. In Alviarin's little group, is looking for Talmanes. They figured out that he's doing this gateway cannon attack thing, and they're they're gonna try and track him down using residue. Mitrael is looking for any way out of this. He's like every, constantly yeah. like every thought is like, who do I have to kill to get out of here? Every, yeah, yeah. He's he's like, I'm gonna kill that person. No, can I kill that person? Every thought is betrayal. Yeah. A guy comes over that talks to him and says, like, maybe we should betray these people. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna betray him. <laughs> I know. It's like, dude. Yeah, they're, then they see Rand, and the, they, they, he flees. He gets scared of them, and he runs away, and they, they, they run after him. We're going to get him. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Rand goes, oh, no. And, oh, typical, right when I get out of the bank, and my pockets are full of money. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, but it turns out it's a trick. It's yeah. Andrel and Pavara being the coolest. Yeah. yeah. And they, they, they take them into a setting. I thought this yeah. was great. Yeah. Can you open a portal into a setting? I guess you can. But I, They must have been right on the edge. Yeah, they, they ran into it. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And then the, a bunch of Ogier grabbed them. 
Yeah. Yeah, a bunch mm-hmm. of the older Ojir who aren't fighting are like, don't worry, we'll just keep him here forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah. for just 30, 40 years. Yeah, we'll give him a few decades to, to think about it. To cool it, to cool off, you know? Yeah. And uh, uh, that's that's pretty cool. They're the best. Yep. And uh, Andrew Pavaro do kind of a mental high five. And then they head back, but they find Trollocs slaughtering the Camelin refugees. It's brutal. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Then Avienda goes at Grendel. She realizes that this is the chance when she's got a she's got a bead on Grendel and she forms a spear out of light, which is very very rand. I felt. I think yeah. so too, right? It's like yeah, thing, it's his thing. like you have you have this ultimate power at your disposal, but you make it into a a, yeah. a spear. A spear. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And they they get each other. Avienda does stab her with the spear, but Grendel frags her too. Yeah, she loses her feet in a yeah. in an earth blast. Pulls her legs off. Ooh. Yikes. And they both, because Avienda is impaling Grendel at the time, when Grendel teleports away, uh, they both go. Chapter 43. A field of glass. Icon of the horn. Loghain and his guys are looking for the scepter. His guys are all like, you sure we shouldn't be like fighting the last battle and stuff? And Logan's like, no, I must have power. They must all fear me. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, boss. But his Aes Sedai gives him a scolding. And I think he needs a scolding, you know? Yes. Uh, Egwene's last orders arrive and they tell him to deliver the seals and to break them with, when the light breaks or whatever. Yeah. And Logan is like, fuck that. They're mine. Yeah. Come on, dude. Come on. Yeah. And he finds the scepter and he's about to dig it out by shooting that stuff with Balefire, which I don't... Huh. Oh, I know, right? Like, dude. Wouldn't be my yeah. first try. Dude, he's... Yeah, so... But luckily, Andrel shows up and tells him about the slaughter and Loghain yeah. stops. And this... Add this to the list of times Andrel probably saved the world, right? Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Loghain was about to unmake reality by blasting this hole open, right? Like every day, everywhere he goes, he's saving the world. Yeah, God. And uh, Loghain is, is, I think, t- caught in between two decisions. Be powerful... And take the scepter, or go help people, and be a light guy. Yeah. Go help the children. But it's, yeah. it sounds like uh, it sounds like this this moment is hopefully a turning point for Logan to not be horrible. Yeah, I hope so. And then Matt is riding with the heroes of the horn. <laughs> it's funny because like he's thinking about how they all talk to him like they know him, uh, and he's like, "No, it must be because I'm the horn blower because I'm certainly not a hero," you know. <laughs> but, but they all call him like the gambler. I was like, "That's, huh. that's I mean, that's an that's archetype. a good name. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a great name. Yeah. yeah, and kind of a like yeah, it's like a yeah an archetypical title you'd say. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but Hand is like, you know, you you probably should be a hero, but you're not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think Hen might just be lying, right? I kind of thought so too. Because like, they all know the gambler and they know he'll freak out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like we'll see you. We'll see you soon. Yeah, no, no, you're not a gambler. Don't worry about it, bro. Yeah. And then Elaine's troop are rallying, and the Shanshan are there, and they attack. And the river also is loosed and washes away the Trollocs. They're winning. Yeah. Oh, this is this is kind of fun. They they don't send in their soldiers at first. They send in. They're, they send in a, a, an army of Lopar who seem to enjoy pulling the heads off Trollocs. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. And then uh, a bunch of Coralm who I guess are like ostriches or something with claws. I think they're probably terror birds. Yeah. Know, like the, the, the prehistoric thing like giant super ostriches with lots of big claws. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. Yeah, and they, they slaughter all the Trollocs like almost down to the, to the last Trolloc. Nice. The Sharns leave and Matt's like, good, good, goodbye, Sharns. Yeah. But the dice are still rolling. 
Yes, the dice are still rolling. That wasn't it. Yeah. Uh, Matt asks Hawkwing to, to go meet his lady friend because oh, he's just super into it. Yeah. Like, he's like, I'm not I'm not a fan, but my my wife's really a fan. So if you don't mind, could you like just you know just go sit, tell her I say hi? <laughs> yeah. Which is nice. That's good. Yeah, that that that's, that's huge points, Matt. Actually. Oh yeah, that's gonna get him laid for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he heads off to help Rand because the battle here is won. The Trollocs are dead. The Sharns are gone. Demandred is shorter. And, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Rand needs him. Then Rand and the Dark One are continuing their debate. Rand says the Dark One always loses because he doesn't inspire nobility in people. And I think that's... I, I mean, know. I don't know. Like, like, like he makes... I, I, to me, this is, this is actually a, a reasonable point. Nobody's going to, like sacrifice their life to, to, for the Dark One's glory, right? That they'll die by accident, but not, every single one of his, his people will try to escape or run away when the odds are against them, right? My argument against this is that I think the people fighting the last battle are not fighting out of nobility. I think they're fighting to save their lives. It's true. Right? That's what they say all the time, like, you know, why, 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 are, why are you here? You're too old to fight or whatever. And they're like, well, we have to fight. There's no option. Otherwise, we'll all die. Well, they're, they're not fighting to save their own lives. They're fighting to save everyone's lives. I guess it's the difference, right? Like, like Lan is willing to die to kill Demandred because he knows that like he's saving the lives of everyone. Arguably, a Forsaken wouldn't do something like that, right? I just think it's a stretch, yeah. But, I mean, if the Forsaken... I think the Forsaken would do that if the alternative was death. Like, we saw Mogedian do that, right? Where she's like, I hate commanding battles, I hate this, I hate what's going on, but I have to do this because this is the only way to win and that's the only way to survive. Yeah, but it, for her it was more about like getting power to the Dark One for the, uh, sorry, getting getting prestige in the eye of the Dark One, right? Yeah, I, I mean, the, the motivations are certainly different. I just felt like that qualified as inspiration. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think it, there, there's definitely a parallel there, but I kind of get that as a result. I, I think the point he's making is that all of the humans are, all of the, the side of the light will fight against odds that they, they think they'll lose, where that's not necessarily true. All of the, the, the shadow spawn and the dark. They, they, I mean, even the Trollocs, which, I mean, they're probably not a great example, yeah, but they I mean, run they, away, right? Well, yeah, they, well, they, they were, for instance, remember when they were driven into Shadar Logoth and they hated it? Yeah. And they were terrified of it the whole time, but yeah. they did it. Mm-hmm. Not out of nobility, but out of fear. Yeah. But they, they were never going to fight as well that way, right? Yeah. Anyway, Rand believes it, and I think the Dark One does not have a good answer for it. Yep. Uh, he has a, a very land line at the end of this, <laughs> this section. Bring my death, for I bring yours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then Avian and Grendel are both dying together in some place. Yeah. Um, they fight a little bit, but it's really hard because Grendel's bleeding out and Avian has no feet. Yeah. yeah. And Avian manages to open a gateway to try and escape, but then they both just sort of collapse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chapter 44, Two Craftsmen, I kind of loot. Uh, Chiad wakes up Perrin and asks him about Gaul. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> oh, I knew I forgot something, left something back there. Honestly, Perrin should feel pretty bad about this, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. he totally abandoned Gaul in the wolf dream, and we're not all dream warrior wolf kings, Perrin. Yeah, I know, you know? right? He could have told one of the other like wise ones or something, you know, by the way, you should go let Gaul know. That, you know, the help's not coming, bro. Yeah, right? Oh, man. But they, Perrin, have a, they also have a talk about honor. Chiad is like, oh, I can't go fight because, you know, honor. And Perrin's like, it's the end of the world, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. That, that, that's kind of dumb. Mm. And then Perrin decides to go help Gaul. 
but he needs Aes Sedai stimulants because he's so weary. Mm. And yeah. Master Luhan comes in. Yeah. And they have a, like a blacksmith talk. Luhan speaks parent. <laughs> no, this is great. They have like an extended, like shared blacksmithing metaphor. It's like somebody finally gets parents like native language yeah. or something. Parents like, like I, I work too hard, and you know how when you work too hard at the forge, then you, you're too tired to work the next day, and you lose out. And Luhan's like, well, yeah, but what if you got a big delivery the next morning, and it doesn't matter if you're too tired later because it's really important to make the delivery, so you really need to go all out. <laughs> They also have a hammer versus axe discussion in there too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, what's Last it like? Time. The axe is never a thing of beauty. It's a thing of killing. But sometimes, you know, killing needs to be done. But it's never beautiful. You know, it's like, okay, all right. <laughs> uh, and it's it's pretty nice actually, yeah. And then, Luan it actually turns Perrin around and says, "You gotta, you gotta go all out. Yeah. You gotta stop holding back, Perrin. Don't don't worry if you hurt people around you if you're surrounded by Trollocs." <laughs> And I thought it occurred to me, Random Matt and Perrin are lining up, and it's the Dark One and Slayer and Pat and Fane are all going there. Are they gonna have a three on three? Oh, yeah, maybe. Wait, so who does who does Matt get? Uh, probably Pat and Fane because they got the dagger connection, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. right. I was gonna say Perrin, but because Pat and Fane killed his family, but yeah, that makes more sense for oh, dagger yeah. connections because Perrin Slayer. has to get Slayer. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, time to, it's time to resolve that Pat and Fane plotline finally. Yeah, about time. Yeah. Oh yeah, that guy? Yeah. And Masuri, that Aes Sedai, she gives him the stims. The wizard amphetamines. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then he heads back to the dream. And then we get a nice check-in with Tom. Yeah. Yeah, he's sitting on a rock outside the cave where the ultimate fight of light and shadow is happening and just enjoying the view, you know? Yeah, watching the battle. He's mm. like, this is, you know... This is terrible and all, but it's kind of awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta think of words to describe how awesome it is. Yeah, he's you composing take, a ballad. Take, take time to stop and smell the ozone. Yeah. yeah. Philosophizing about, you know, how he got here and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's hard to find good words. He's right, you know? He's like, epic. Oh, everyone uses epic, you know, too much, right? Yeah. 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 But he's uh, not just doing that. Yes. Uh, he's, chill- he's chilling there for a while, and, and he's got an interesting perspective, and then Cat Swain shows up uh, and, you know, gives him a bro nod and heads past him into the Shia Gull. And he shanks her in the back because <laughs> it's not Cat Swain. It's just somebody disguised as Cat Swain. And then he drags her over and puts her in the pile of other people who tried to sneak by. Yeah. <laughs> I had to laugh a little at yeah, that. Yeah. And goes back to composing his ballad. <laughs> oh, Tom. That's yeah, great. Pretty awesome. Chapter he doesn't f- just shank her in the back. He throws his knife while still smoking his pipe with his other hand. Awesome. Yeah, he switches his pipe to his other hand so he can throw the knife. <laughs> yes. And then, yeah. Awesome. That, that's typical Gleeman stuff. They do that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Chapter 45, Tendrils of Mist, Icon of the Dagger. Uh, Matt collects Ulver from where Ulver's uh, regrouping and... Leads him to a camp near Thakandar. Yeah, they're trying to get a lift into Shia Gold, but apparently you can't portal in there anymore. Yeah, because, you know, the reality is fraying apart. I was wondering, is like, is this be the, is this that, or does Grady just not know about the Dream Spike, you know? Uh, well, it's, it's Thakandar, the Dream Spike is just Shia Gold. Oh, sorry, oh, it's just the, 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 pit, the, pit, the, hole. Yeah, the pit of yeah, doom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so he could go to Thakandar, except he says there's like a bunch of different ones. We don't know which one to go to. I think it's reality fraying all the if worlds, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. But Matt's got an idea to deal with that. And, so he, and he says Oliver can come with him. So yeah, he gets a lift to the Sean Chan scouting camp. Yeah. Then 
Shai-san. Yeah, a new name for our former Pat and Fane mixed with... Formerly Tame. Mixed with Mashadar, Mashin Shin, and Mordeth at this point, right? Yes. Just a slurry of assorted evil juices at this point? Absolutely. (laughs) A a mix. Yeah. And uh, it's like the the, the bottom of my compost bin. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, Yeah. you can't even tell what it is. It's the worst. It's all awful. He is... he, he is himself, and he's also a giant cloud of creepy silvery mist, and he's also a bunch of, like, corrupted Trolloc bodies. and Drones, as he calls drones, them. Drones, yeah. And he, he heads into the valley, and both sides, light and dark, tr- turn to fight him, but that's just, that's just what he wants them to do, because all he has to do is touch them with his mist. And he absorbs them. Yeah. So Shaisam, we haven't heard this name before, right? I don't think it's so. It's a new name for what, he, what it is. But I guess this is, this is essentially like a localized, you know, new growth of Mashadar, right? Right, yeah. yeah. And he thinks about how he, he, he needs a place. He needs to become part of a place to live. And I guess this is the only Mashadar left because Rand, like, Couldn't nuked the it. ways, yeah. yeah. And he thinks about what a great day it is. He's really having a good time. He's yeah. the only person here that is really enjoying himself. <laughs> I mean, he's like, you know, he's like, you know, I've got some friends here. You know, we're just, we're just going to hang out, you know, yeah. and I'm going to eat them. <laughs> Delicious. And I liked how he kept, kept thinking about how his enemy is up ahead, and he's also his friend and also his enemy, and he, it's unclear which, whether he's talking about the Dark One or Rand or both. Yeah. Because it's all the same to him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's his, his mind is now Eldritch Horror or whatever, you know? Yeah. He's, he doesn't he's, think like a human anymore. He's the guy, like, saying, both sides are just as bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> then Gaul and the wolves are holding off Slayer. In the dream version of Shia Gull. Yep. Gull's doing a really good job. I, I gotta say, like, for somebody who'd never been to the dream before, like, four hours ago yeah. in dream time. He's a natural. MVP. Yeah. Absolutely. He's doing a great job. He's really holding it down. Yeah. Her parents taking a nap. But finally Slayer gets him with a trick and, and stabs him. And then Perrin shows up and uh, freaks them both out, kind of. Yeah, he appears, on the, he appears on the hill or whatever. Yeah, like the, staring at the sky, and, and Slayer starts like monologuing him, and then Perrin looks at him, and his eyes are glowing like the sun. <laughs> and Gaul's like, okay, bye. <laughs> I know, I was like, it's Gaul. Yeah, Gaul's leaving. Yeah. yeah. Fair, fair point, Gaul. That's why Gaul's MVP. Like, he, he knows when it's time to get out of the water, right? Yep. It's getting a little choppy in there. That's right. And I assume Slayer and Perrin are about to just go at it. And then Matt and Oliver fly into Thakandar on a tow rocket. Of course they do. <laughs> Matt does not enjoy it. He thinks it is terrifying. Oliver's having a great time. Yeah, Oliver loves it. Uh, Matt gets an overview of the battlefield, including 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 the wild hunt and Mashadar and so forth. And he's seeing all that's going on. Uh, and then Trollocs arrow his pilot and they crash land. Yeah, they get shot down from yes. crash landing. Uh, but they're here. They're here. And Oliver blows the horn again. Heck yeah. <laughs> and I, but I had to. Had, I was wondering. What happens if the mist touches the souls of the heroes of legend? Well, they show up in mist too, right? Maybe uh, they got their own counter mist. I don't know. I mean, like, can it corrupt the heroes of legend and make oh, them? That would suck. You know, dark heroes of legend, shadow heroes of shadow legend. Oh man, I really hope not. They should tell them about the tell them about Mashadar. Tell them about right? the mist. <laughs> right? Warn them. Let them know. And then I, I like how Oliver is not shy about blowing the horn. I remember, remember thinking Matt like. If they let him have the horn, he'd be blowing it all the time, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Like I, I need, I'm too, I need a new beer from, and I'm too drunk to walk to the bar. So, Archer Hotwing, go get me my beer. Yeah. Uh, so over, yeah. Likewise, just blowing the horn every yeah. minute he's getting. Love it. That's exactly what we need here. Yeah. 
And he's got a, like, he's young, right? Like, he's going to be the hornblower for a very long time. Ooh, yeah, he's got a lot of horn blowing ahead of him. That's right. I wonder if any of the heroes of the horn ever blew the horn of Valir themselves. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. Well, mm-hmm. Gadol Kane, right? Yeah, Gadol Kane. <laughs> okay, so Andrew is apparently a really polarizing character. Really? In really? fandom, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Some people say that uh, they don't like him because they see him as a Sanderson stand-in who takes up screen time from the other stylish characters, like Logan. Androl? Maybe his last name is Sanderson? Androl Sanderson? Androl, Androl uh. Sanderson, yeah. And he's kind of a Gary Stu, which I'd never heard before, but that's <laughs> very clever. I'm as Mary opposed Sue. to a Gary Stu and Gary <laughs> Stu. That's funny. Yeah. I, and, and I, could, I could see that argument. Uh, I, I enjoy him uh, for all that he is, but I, 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 he does seem like one of those ones who's just like, does no wrong, right? Like, he's he's the smartest, cleverest, like, he knows how to talk to Aes Sedai, he knows how to, you know, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop on this guy. Like, we gotta, you can't just be this guy that's pivotal to so many different things that shows up out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, if, if that's just it, if Andrel is just, just some guy, that would be really weird. Yeah. Yeah, it would. So I guess we'll, yeah, I guess we'll see if there's any more info about him, but yeah. I guess. And then we had somebody else send us a message through the podcast page there was an article that came out a few years ago, which was about Robert Jordan's original idea for the Wheel of Time. And we should link to it because it's really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. But apparently, among the many things that changed from what Robert Jordan initially thought was that Rand's character was supposed to be a middle-aged guy with significant life experience. Oh, interesting. So the the person who sent us this message thought that Andral was Brandon Sanderson's shout-out to the originally planned Rand because oh. he was this older kind of everyman. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, just an interesting thought. Yeah. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, and there's a few questions I'm going to say for a very last time, but I did have something, another interesting thing. Somebody, they shared some headcanon they had, some forsaken headcanon. This is from Ronald, who said, so we all know that Tame was supposed to be Demandred, and Robert right. Jordan like, changed things because he didn't like that people were figuring it out. Right. Well, Ronald, our listener's thought was that Demandred... If that had if it, that had worked out originally the way it was supposed to, that Tame was Demandred, Demandred would have been in place of Tame, and Samael, who wasn't supposed to die when he did and die off screen, mm-hmm. was supposed to be the greatest general in the last battle, oh. like he was supposed to be. That actually yeah. would make a lot of sense. That would, right? that would totally fit. Yeah. Yeah, because all of the the stuff where Demandred was suddenly this great commander felt like it came out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Yeah, it totally did, and and I think all the stuff from what little we know of the character, all the like. Dressing like a disco ball and walking around shouting for Rand. That's like, that's more. Samael, right? That's Samael stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, closely related. Somebody, Chris, uh, emailed and asked, How did Demander get so good with the sword? He was like some sort of politician or something. Yeah, well, I think. He he said, like, I've been practicing. Well, I I think, I think, uh, I don't recall super well, but I think I remember them saying that, that sword play was like a game in the Age of Legends. Like, war was, was, wasn't something they did, but a lot of people liked to sword fight just for fun. You know, it was like mm-hmm. a, a dance almost. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I remember because uh, somebody, was it Ishmael, said to, to Rand, like, remember when we took the game of swords and learned to kill with it? Yeah. Oh, cool uh, okay. Line. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I like that. I like that much better. It, like that would that would make everything much more smoothly. I mean, I, I find it a weird impulse not to to change the what you've uh, have given what you have hinted at 
because people guessed what you hinted yeah. at. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's what's satisfying, kind of. You know, oh hey, it was Dame. It was demanded. I figured it out. Yeah. Maybe maybe the fan base was aggressive in his face a lot or something. I don't know. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe he felt spiteful. I think the books would be strictly improved if it was like Ronald said, where Samael led the last battle and Demandred was tame. Yeah, that would have made... Yeah. I think so, too. Imagine if Egwene had died killing Demandred instead of killing Mazram Tame. Yeah. Yeah. Tame, tame never felt like a... Never felt on the same level as the Forsaken, even when he became a Forsaken himself, in my opinion. You yeah. Know? And it never made sense why Luce there and always freaked the fuck out when he saw him. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's it for this episode. Next time we're going to cover chapters 46 through the epilogue, the end of the last chapter of the last book of The Wheel of Time. But we will be coming back for New Spring. Yes. Yeah. I am Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bunnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. <laughs> if you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please find out how you can give us your dollars at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time, the, the light, light illumine you. you.